Hi, and welcome to episode 22 of The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. It's been a long summer and a long time between the first and the second podcasts in our summer series. I hope it's been a good summer for you. And if you're listening from the Northern Hemisphere and all this talk of summer is a bit odd, please go to iTunes and give our little podcast a review and tell us where you're listening from. It would be great to hear from you. Now, if you listened to the last episode released earlier in the year, you'll know that we're in the middle of a brief summer series, which is comprising two interviews that were held at a live event at our church. The theme for the event was Even If. And in this episode, Mel Kutuzov interviews Kathy and Linda about their Even If moment. How would they respond, even if God didn't give them what they expected when they found out they were pregnant? Kathy and Linda both have teenage sons with different special needs. In a lovely way, both boys are very much a normal part of our church. And so many of us there don't actually give too much thought to the challenges that their families have been through. So this interview was a real eye-opener. It was also a really good insight into the way that Kathy and Linda process these things as Christian women. Kathy and Linda are so wise and have so many great things to say. I particularly liked what Linda said when she was talking about moving to a new town and trying to get established in a new church. Plant your feet, she said, and don't walk away. Stay there, because God doesn't mean for us to be alone. I hope you really enjoy listening to their other wise words. Uh, at one point in the interview, there's a couple of photos that are shown, and I'll try to get them up onto the Lydia Project Facebook page so you can all have a look. I hope you enjoy listening to this interview. Well, one of the joys for me lately in between moving house has been getting to know you, Linda and Kathy, better. But how long have you two known each other for? That's a good question, isn't it? Let's both answer together. Um, we met one another at church here probably about 16 years ago or so. Mm. I guess that time goes fast. Yeah, quite a while. It does. And then we've gotten to know one another, one another better through something called Be Creative Camp that some of the ladies here are involved in where we go away for a weekend and under the disguise of crafting, we share the gospel and our lives with other ladies. And it's, it's a really wonderful weekend. We've just had it at the start of November um, and it's well worthwhile. Mm. Excellent. Um, there's also something else that you two have in common, um, an even-if moment that you share. It's been here every day for so many years now, I guess it's kind of just your normal. Um, and that is having sons, Zach and Tim, with special needs. And I've realised just in, in talking to you over the last few weeks that it's actually really hard to talk about for so many reasons. Um, there's been so much to deal with day to day that you haven't necessarily had time to stop and think how you feel. There's medical stuff that can be hard to explain and I guess maybe wanting to protect them or not misrepresent them. And um, So yeah, we just wanted to acknowledge that this is kind of hard to talk about and you haven't really done it much before and we do want to thank you for being willing to do that. Um, so let's start just by getting our bearings a little bit um, Zach and Tim have been interesting that genetic testing hasn't really given a lot of answers um, but what do we know? What diagnoses do we have? 
Well, we start with me maybe. Um, Zach was born with what's called midline defect, so down the middle of his body somehow the chromosomes didn't line up. Um, he has a partial agenesis of the corpus callosum, which is the bridging structure between the two lobes. Mm. Well, there he is with his Swedish nose. So when he was born, he couldn't keep his airways open. He struggled to be able to breathe properly. So the, the blue thing you see in his nose there humidified the air as it went into his nose so that he could breathe. Mm. Um, he was quite well, although he looks pretty good there, really. And he, he was fed by cute. a tube. <laughs> he was super cute. I was looking back through the photos and I, he was a beautiful baby. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and, and later than that, oh, isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> he, um, he looks like his dad. Uh, he has uh, what's called speech-language impairment as well, so that's been a struggle through schooling. Mm. What about you, Kath? So, um, Tim's a bit the same as Zach in that regard. He was mm -hmm. diagnosed with a global learning disorder, speech-language impairment. He wore that outfit for about oh. two, three years straight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he even go to bed with the hat on. Oh. <laughs> you couldn't prize it off him, but anyway. Um, <laughs> he, I don't know if you can see from that photo, but Tim's missing quite a few teeth. Um, and that's how we first knew that he mm. had this um, syndrome, which is a metabolic syndrome, um, called hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia, mm -hmm. which we'll go into later. Um, <laughs> but he has also now been diagnosed with intellectual impairment. Mm. Thank you. So, Linda, um, your reasoning came while you were pregnant with Zach. Mm. There was... Um, joy because I really wanted Zach. I was about to turn 36 and I thought it was about time we had another child. We already had Hannah and Alexander and mm. we really wanted another baby and so along came Zach and there was joy. So I said to Mel there was lots of crying out at this point in my life. I think I cried with joy because I was excited mm. and then we went for a scan and then I had the phone call um, and I remember standing in my hallway thinking something is not right here. Mm. What's wrong? God's not done the right thing. He's, he can create, he can make things right and yet for some reason there's something not right with this child. So um, that was an 18-week scan. We were sent off to Adelaide. I cried out because I just didn't know if I could manage what was going to be, how I would manage with two other children. It was really hard. It just didn't sort of fit with my understanding of who God is, that he was good. He was there to make life easy for me. And I trusted him and so therefore it should have been right but it mm. just wasn't. Mm. It was a hard time. We went to see, we went to Adelaide to Women's and Children's Hospital there um, and Steve was an amazing support at that time and just listened and listened and mm. listened and hugged me and listened. We went to see Notting Hill which is a great movie that I love but we both came out just bawling our eyes out and mm. we cried and cried and didn't see the funny side of mm. it at all because I think the reality was hitting us that it was it was going to be tough. So the scan at Broken Hill had shown just a shadow on the brain and the heart but then mm -hmm. in Adelaide the doctor had confirmed that it things was, weren't good? Yes, it was a very bleak picture and I think I said to him surely if a baby was as badly deformed as that it would just miscarry, it wouldn't be brought to full term and he mm -hmm. said well no you could have this baby and that could be your lot. 
and it really was quite serious. I think that's why we didn't enjoy Notting Hill, <laughs> even though we loved Spike with his grey undies. Um, it, just, it, was, it was a bad picture. It was not that he was going to be a well child at all. Mm. So you're facing a huge unknown and you're in Broken Hill away from your family and your eldest daughter is just about to start school. She was. And as part of this bleak picture, you know, your doctor is, you know, maybe even suggesting not to go through with, with this pregnancy. I mean, what did get you through then? Mm. Um, and was there support from from Steve and friends like Denise that really changed things yeah, for you? Yeah, I had a great Bible study leader, but I... I was looking back through and thinking about that time in my life. Psalm 42 verse 3 was Mm. probably a catch cry. My tears have been my food day and night. Mm. And then we go on later into verse 11. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Mm. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Mm. And it was hard. It was really hard to face that. Mm, what did Denise say to you? I think that was the the helping me accept part because she was an older lady, um, a wise, faithful lady, a woman of God. She said, I'll, I'll be there, I'll help you. If you need to go to the hairdresser, I'll mind your baby. <laughs> it was like, everything will be alright, don't worry. And the, the church family were a beautiful community in Broken Hill and helped me through. Mm. Mm. So you kind of felt God loving you through... The love that very much, very you. practical people, very um, earthy, down-to-earth people that just were there, brought meals, helped me pick my washing out, um, mm. continued to be there for me and trust God when I couldn't because yeah. I didn't know what was happening. Mm. So you could kind of face this even if knowing you weren't alone. Yeah, there wasn't any great moment when God said, Look, I've got this. Everything is going to be right. I'll fix it. It'll be fine. I didn't. I didn't have that. It, it was just a plodding. It was an everyday. Keep going. Keep going. I haven't left mm. you. I'm still here, and I'm crying out. Not really hearing answers, but keeping on going. Yeah. And it was a bit different for you, Kathy. Um, when did you start to notice that things were different for Tim? Well, Tim was probably about 15 months old. Oh, he was about 15 months old when mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with ectodermal dysplasia. And probably kind of around that time, he was just having these little funny behaviours that <laughs> didn't notice in other children. That, mm. You know, as a mum and you kind of know your kids, you kind of think, oh, yeah. something's a bit off here. But it was just nothing concrete and nothing that you could put your mm. finger on. It was just a gut feeling, I suppose. And did anyone else pick up on this? It took a long time <laughs> yeah. for, for me to get hurt, I suppose. Like Tim was um, at kindy before um, finally I could get a paediatrician mm. <laughs> to kind of go, you know, yes, I can see what you're talking about. Mm. Tim has an, an amazing ability to just m- manipulate the situation and cope with it mm. so you know he could wrote learn because that was one of the things that they weren't worried about because he could say prayers at night time <laughs> but it was only because he had been listening to Nicholas his older mm. brother saying the same thing you know each night yes so um well finally it was the dentist actually at okay. the royal who said oh how about we ring down to the speech pathology and, and so really it went from there mm. 
And then, yes, yeah, so I guess... Um, I guess that just led us then to the geneticist and from, from there we got lots of help in school. And yes, yes. And um, a year before Tim was born, you faced one of the most terrible even ifs, losing a child due to a serious medical issues before she was born. And I guess that's sort of something that's in the background. Do you ever worry about losing Tim and... What if something happens and you're not there? Well, something like that, yeah, it does. I mean, how could it not, I guess, mm. impact your ability to worry? Yeah. I think I had the worry gene of the family anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but my grandmother was a good warrior. My father. <laughs> and so was my dad, so really I had no hope. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it does, and especially when the worry increases when you've seen it happen, like so something happens and, and the, you know that it can happen and then it does happen that mm. does then tend to freak you out <laughs> and I'm very good at um, running scenarios through my head mm. so I don't know if that's a nursing trait because that's what we were taught to do <laughs> at yeah. uni but yes I certainly do ponder a lot mm. and um, has there been a time where something is, has happened where you know you kind of were there just in time um, that has actually happened on a couple of occasions. The mm. worst time probably was when he was at primary school and he um, was, was cross country. Mm-hmm. And so um, Tim and Pip, off they went to school. I didn't notice that he wasn't feeling well beforehand. Mm. And, um, but I was on my way home and I thought, oh, just pop in and see how they're going. It was quite mm. a warm day. And with the ectodermal dysplasia, Tim doesn't sweat. Okay. So, which is good when you're a teenage boy, because you don't stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good, actually. He's, he's, <laughs> it's not a stinky car when you pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> but, but on the flip side, um, if it's a hot day, he can overheat really quickly. Mm. And so, this was quite a warm cross-country day. And he had said to the teacher, you know, I'm not feeling well, got a bit of a headache. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't a teacher who knew him particularly well, so mm. she just said, go and sit in the shade and have some water. Um, <laughs> Tim does have a medical alert in, in the office, so really most people should have known mm. that that was one of the main things to go and send him to get help. But anyway, they made him run across country. <laughs> poor, <laughs> poor kid. By the time I turned up, he was deathly pale and was really quite ill and then spent the next five days in hospital <laughs> recovery. So. Wow. So, and I guess now that that's happened, mm. you, you know, yes. I worry that it will happen again. Mm. Well, and it has happened in, since. So. And I totally understand now why you say you spend a lot of time in your head yes, thinking <laughs> about all of these things and that, you know, just one day off from that would be really great. Um, and it, it just seems like you can both really understand each other um, and you know what it's like to have so many doctor's appointments and meetings at school and even socially what it's like for your sons and um, what's it like as a mum when you see your sons missing out on connection with peers? Yeah, it's, it's hard when they don't understand social situations or how to make friends or how to be a friend or how to ask somebody about themselves mm. And they don't build those connections. So they're relying on either adults. We've said this a bit, haven't we? And it's hard for us as mothers to watch that. Mm. In some ways, 
it's probably harder for us than it yeah. is for them, at least at they when they were younger because they, <laughs> they don't. They're fine. Mm. Yes. Mm. And what was it like when you tried to even introduce Zach and Tim to each other? <laughs> Zach's the master of the one-word answer. And okay. <laughs> How was your name? Good. And Tim, he probably wouldn't know what to do with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. They are in the music team together. But Izzy, lovely Izzy McCall, has invited them to join. So Tim plays the drums and Zach sings with a really deep voice. <laughs> and he said, oh, Mum, this bit's great. Tim's got a really good drum bit he does for this. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. It has been good, actually. It has kind of it's given them a common thing. Yeah. Given them a way of belonging yeah. and being visible to other people. Which and is the right. a purpose, like a place that they belong in. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, there's just there's so many stories and we just wish that we had time to hear them and, and to do them justice um, because, you know, there, there are those disappointments and expectations that have been recalibrated but also the joys and the blessings to your family and the things that you've laughed over because they just do these unique and precious things and, you know, you're laughing as a family and we would love to hear that. Um, but at, at this point, um, we'd love to hear what it's been like living with this even if, or really this sort of even when, and how that's connected to your relationship with Jesus. And Linda, you sort of mentioned it a bit already that you've been you know, crying out a lot and there just wasn't this great moment. You were just still crying out. And so how did you hold on to hope in Jesus through that? I think I had, and I said this to you over the week, that I had this real sense of, of belonging. I'd always felt that I belonged to God I don't really think there was a time when I ever felt that God wasn't part of my family. That's his first day of school at, yeah. at Northside. Um, belonging, and it was such a valuable thing, being part of a family, being part of um, Steve's family, being part of the wider family with mm. Steve's mum and dad, who his mum Bonnie's a wonderful prayer, and she would love to be here tonight, so I wore her dress for her. <laughs> she she made it. has helped me go through so many things by her being on the end of the phone I can just send a message and I'm praying for you Linda and she prays for many other people here at church too Mm. um, through lots of things that she's been through my mum and dad have prayed um, my sisters-in-law have prayed the church family were there and when we moved up here we quickly became a part of here and the belonging here has meant so much to me so I guess I would say to people if you're struggling or even if you're not struggling Find a family and just belong there. Just plant your feet and don't walk away. Mm-hmm. Stay there because God doesn't mean for us to be on our own. He never designed us to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I learnt, that by giving and receiving, there was so much blessing and Zach forced me to have to receive help. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what Denise showed me, that I did need to ask other people for help and I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be <laughs> self-sufficient. But God wanted me yeah. to rely on him and, and through those other people... Zach brought blessing and he brought connection and that's that what was, was what was beautiful. And I mm. found in Romans 8, for I'm convinced that nothing, and you can insert anything there, suffering, sick children, pain, struggle, lack of understanding, my own failings, my own fears, nothing can separate me or Zach from the mm. love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The one who died for my sin is my king and he holds me and he holds Zach. That's mm. a relief. And how does um, the name that you chose 
for him connect to that? Mm, it means Jehovah remembers. So I think at the time I was feeling a bit angry and I thought, God, please remember what I've, what, what I've been through. I've been through such a hard time here. It's just been so hard being pregnant mm. and not knowing mm. what I was going to have at the end of it, waiting for Christmas and thinking the present might be a, a brick or something. It, it, I just didn't know. Mm. And I was so blessed to find that it was a beautiful boy. Thank you. And Kathy, what about you? Your mind's constantly scanning for dangers, preempting events to avoid anxiety attacks, but sometimes you can't even predict the triggers. Um, how has your faith in Jesus changed how you're coping with just a constant level of anxiety? Well, it took me a long time, but finally <laughs> I realised that, hey, I don't have to go through this alone. Um, I found prayer quite the thing that really um, mm. helped me get by in all those occasions. Um, and I really like the fact that you can just pray anywhere, anytime. Just, <laughs> you know, um, that's really comforting. And I would find mm. that that really helps my anxiety level. It doesn't stop me being concerned. Yeah. I'm yeah. working on that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly notice that I do feel. Um, that um, that God has He's in control, and yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. And so, would you say that's sort of the main thing about Jesus that has really changed the worry for you, knowing that He's in control, or are there are there other things? That... Oh, certainly. And um, and also, you, I can see God's providence in like in our lives, like in Tim's life, and I can see how. Um, he kind of walks with us with our struggles and Tim's struggles and mm. I, I don't know, he's put people um, across our paths and all, yeah. all that kind of thing which is amazing, you know, family, friends, church family. That support is just, mm. you know, yeah. incredible. kathy has mm. <laughs> <laughs> got so many notes, it's crazy. <laughs> I feel like we could just keep talking for a really long time. Um, but thank you so much for sharing, um, you know, the way that God has been so good to you and so faithful even through this struggle and in facing this evening. Thank you. Thank you.